of our technology running now. So if you want to begin the meeting, go right ahead. Sure, I'll go ahead and kick things off. Welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us and donating your time. Um, this is a, a porter on my agenda. Uh, obviously we're gonna do the roll call, but it says you have some housekeeping that you'd like to address right at the top. Yes, I do. And of course, that script is the one thing I didn't grab, but I pretty much have it memorized. Just want to remind everybody that this meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and on cable channel 25. Um, just remind everybody, I know we're all pretty seasoned in this, to turn to mute yourself when you're not speaking. Um, and also that we as the city reserve the right to turn off people's microphones or videos just to make sure there's no distractions during the meeting if necessary. And I will turn it back to Daniel. Great. Thank you, Porter. So we will we will begin uh, with a, a roll call. Um, Porter, I, I believe you, you lead the roll call. I will let you do that. Okay, great. Well, I'll go ahead and start myself. Uh, I, I'm the chair. My name is Daniel B. Smith, and I'm going to go down my list here. Uh, actually, starting with some names that I don't necessarily recognize or know how to pronounce, but I believe it's uh, Marciana. Are, are you present? Yes, I am present. Okay, great. Um, up next, uh, Rebecca. Yes, I'm here. Marlowe. Here. Denise. Uh, yeah, uh, do, you, do, you, do you say yes, Denise? Yeah, I apologize. Uh, Denise, I'm here. All right, thank you, thank you Denise. Uh, Mary? Yes, I'm here. James? Here. Jordan? Uh, Dina? Everyone, yes, I'm here. Uh, and that should be everybody. Correct. Um, so with that, we will move to uh, new business. The very first of which is introducing the, the two new faces we have here. Um, uh, between this meeting and the last meeting, we had three open seats and we are very lucky that uh, Mayor Shipley has filled two of those seats by appointing new members. So um, Marciana and, and Rebecca, if you'd like to introduce yourselves, uh, maybe say a little about yourselves, um, that would be great. Uh, I guess. Marciana, you can you can go go ahead and go first. Okay, um, uh, Marciana Vequist, and um, I've lived in Lawrence for mm, about twenty one years now. I'm um, I'm a photographer. That's my uh, art form, and um, I also have a day job as a psychologist, and I value art. And I also, I'm not an art therapist, but I do in my work as a therapist, I do try to encourage creativity, especially for working through some difficult issues. Um, and so I just really think that art is important and I and I value it a lot. And I feel really fortunate that I have the opportunity to, to pursue it in some way. Um, I feel privileged that I can do that. And I'm so happy to to serve on this committee. Yeah, I was really, really happy when uh, Mayor Shipley uh, asked me if I would consider it. Thank you, Marciana. And, and am I am I pronouncing your name right, Mar Marciana? Okay, yes. great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and then up next, Rebecca, if you would like to introduce yourself, that'd be great. Hi, 
Hi, I'm Rebecca Schlichting. I'm faculty at the University of Kansas. I teach uh, journalism, uh, specifically documentary and broadcast. I went to KU for undergrad, went to uh, my master's in Nebraska, and then worked in the documentary field for three years. Um, and then now I'm teaching here at KU, so it's a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm newly back. I guess I started in the fall of 2020, so right after the pandemic, it's been a fun adjustment. Um, so I'm a member of the Iowa tribe. Right now I'm working on putting an out art gallery together uh, to tell our tribe's story and history through art, um, past and modern. So kind of working on that with the Arch Atchison Cultural Center. I run my tribe's powwow, the Iowa tribe powwow, and I, I do a lot, really. Um, and I have two kids, so that's fun. They're two and six. Um, I also am on the board with the uh, film festival here, the Free State Film Festival. So I wear a lot of hats. I'm working on two documentaries right now. Um, I'm the new business owner of Native Storytelling Nation, LLC. So getting more grants for funds, and, uh, grants and funds for documentaries, it's all good stuff. So. That's me. Great, thank you, Rebecca. Um, so with those introductions underway, um, Porter, is there anything you wanna go over as far as uh, the structure of the meeting? Or, um, I mean, for me, I, I'd like to remind everybody that, that when we're speaking, it's it's best to identify yourself um, before you begin speaking. Um, uh, and is there anything else, Porter, that we should cover before we, we move on to uh, to the rest of the agenda? Uh, the only other thing I would say is maybe do quick introductions of the board members just so they right. they know and 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 I and I didn't introduce myself. So Rebecca and Marciana, I'm Porter Arneal, Director of Communications and Creative Resources with the City of Lawrence. I serve as the staff liaison for the board, and I will be in touch. We will do an orientation with you all. Um, over probably over Zoom just to make it a little bit easier. And since we have a, a third seat vacant currently, I may wait till that. I think the mayor may appoint that fairly quickly. So I may wait for that, but then we can have a, usually takes about an hour just to kind of go over some um, information. Um, so really great to have you both. And thank you so much for um, volunteering to serve on this board. And um, I'll let everybody else introduce themselves and then we can move on with the meeting. Thanks, Porter. I'll go ahead and go next. Um, as I said before, uh, my name is Daniel. I'm uh, the chair of the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission. Uh, I haven't been on the commission all that long. Uh, I currently work over at uh, Lawrence Douglas County Public Health doing communications and, uh, and all that good stuff. Um, everybody else, I'm going to go ahead and, and just go through the list. So if I, when I call your name, you could give your little introductory spiel. That would be, that'd be great. Uh, so up next is going to be Marlo. Hi, Marlo Angel. I'm lucky to know both Marciana and Rebecca, so I'm delighted that you're both here. So thank you for serving. Um, independent filmmaker, the director of the Free State Festival and the film curator at uh, Free State and the Lawrence Art Center. So I'm really glad that you're here and looking forward to a great term. Thanks, Marlo. Up next would be Denise. Hi, I'm Denise, and I'm so pleased to have new two new members to our commission. This is my second term, which means this will be my fourth year. I'm retired from KU and I taught visual art education. Uh, up next will be Mary. Hi, I'm Mary. I'm delighted to meet both of you. I don't know either of you. I look forward to getting to know you both. 
I'm the executive director of Theatre Lawrence, and I'm also on the board of trustees for the Endowment for the American Association of Community Theatre. Next, we will have James. Hi, Rebecca and Marciana. Nice to meet you, uh, virtually, of course. But uh, I, uh, I'm a graduate student at University of Kansas in music, my cello performance. So nice to meet you both. Uh, Jordan is not present, which means uh, up next will be Dina as our, our final introduction. Hi, everyone, and welcome, Marciana and Rebecca. Um, my name is Dina Amont, and I am also new to the commission. I think I started about the same time as Daniel about a year ago. Um, I am an art teacher at Lawrence High School. I teach 3D art, ceramics, and sculpture. Denise was one of my major professors when I went to uh, KU for my um, for my uh, master's in uh, art education and my teaching license. So, um, and I am happy to serve on this committee. So, and welcome to Marciana and Rebecca again. Great, well, with all those introductions out of way, we can move on to the rest of the, the agenda. Um, starting with the approval of, of minutes. Uh, we're going to be approving minutes for both November and December because of an issue which I do not remember, but Porter will will surely clarify. Um, it, in, in all of my years of, of um, being the staff liaison for various boards, I've never seen anything quite like this happen. But um, as you were reviewing the minutes, um, Jerry, so Going back, there was a meeting where there wasn't a quorum so that we were not able to vote on the minutes. The following meeting, Jerry then abstained because he said he wasn't in attendance. Um, and so then several of you followed suit, which made sense and was wise, I think, in the moment. But as it turns out, you don't necessarily have to, to abstain if you weren't at the meeting as long as you agree with the minutes. So unfortunately, we were not able to approve those two sets of minutes. So that's why I'm bringing him back just to make sure we, we handle this appropriately and formally um, for review and approval. And then we also are um, working on the uh, retreat minutes, which we don't have quite yet. So should we go ahead and uh, uh, get a motion to approve the November minutes? I can make a motion to approve the uh, November meeting minutes. Great, can we, can we get a, a second? I second. So we have Dina motioning and Denise seconding. Um, can we just do a, a, a show of hands here, Porter? Actually, um, we're required to do a vocal uh, roll call again. Okay, I'm fine with that. Um, so I will go ahead and, uh, and call myself, Daniel B. Smith. I will say aye. Uh, up next, we will have uh, uh, Marciana. Uh, Marciana Viquist, aye. Rebecca. Rebecca Schlichting, aye. Marlo. Marlo Angel, aye. Denise. Denise Stone, aye. Mary. Mary Dovton, aye. James. James Alexander, aye. Uh, Jordan is absent, and so for our last vote will be Dina. Dina Amant, aye. All right, let, thanks. It, let it show that it was unanimous. And then we will, after that, we will move on to 
the December minutes, if I can have a motion to approve, or I guess, is there any, is there any discussion? I have a question. Under the new business number three, I was left out of a small committee that I volunteered for oh. to um, work on the, the opera grants, the subgranting of the National Endowment grants that we received. I will make that correction. Thank you. Thank you, Denise. So, so with that correction, um, do we have a, a motion to approve the December minutes? Hi, I'm Denise. I make a motion to approve the minutes. Thank you, Denise. Do we have a, a second? This is Mary. I'll second. All right, and I'll go through the list one more time. Daniel B. Smith, myself, I will uh, say aye. And then up first is uh, Marciana. Marciana Bequist, aye. And then Rebecca. Rebecca, aye. And then Marlo. Marlo Angel, aye. And then Denise. Denise Stone, aye. And then Mary. Mary Doveton, aye. And then James. James, aye. And Dina. Dina Lamont, aye. All right, great. So with that, we have uh, approved not just the December minutes, but also the November minutes. Um, so if there's no further discussion, we can move on to the public comment section of the meeting. Uh, I personally am not aware of anybody who's, who's here for public comment, but anybody who would wish to make a public comment can do so at any of our meetings. I believe they have three minutes. Um, do we have anybody there in person, Porter? No, there's no one here in the room. And I don't see anybody on the meeting that I believe would want to make public comment. So I think we're good there. All right, great. Well, then we can go ahead and move on to the first item on new business. I can see Kristen and Rick, my friends from Van Gogh, are, are eagerly awaiting. Um, so I think we can move on to that section and, uh, and talk about some murals. And I will pull up the screen share just so the people can see what you all are reviewing. Um, Chris and Rick, do you want to just give an intro to what your proposal is and where for where? Absolutely. Um, we are really excited. We are about ready to start our spring jams session. And um, we are really looking forward to our partnership with Burt Nash Mental Health Center. Um, they are going to be the site of our spring mural project, if you all agree. And um, we are, they have this wonderful outdoor space that they are wanting to um, transform 
um, to have outdoor groups and things like that. And it's on the east side of um, the, the building. And so you can see Rick has um, put together a, a really nice um, schematic and it's circled right there. And Rick chime in anytime. Um, and so that is where the location is going to be. Um, and um, the um, you can see a little bit of a mock-up as well as the it it is going to encompass that entire space is is the plan and what's proposed. Uh, this is Rick right here. I um, just wanted to add on. You can see the exterior of the building there. the The mural we're slating for is on the interior perimeter of that uh, concrete wall. So um, you will see some of the interior um, areas as they face the street, uh, but there are some areas that you wouldn't see and, and none of that exterior wall is included in the proposal. As you're looking through some of those images, um, as with all the murals that Van Gogh does, it's it's a collaborative process we have with our youth. Um, the imagery you see here is just kind of a mock-up, kind of show you uh, where the artwork will lie, but it's not a real indication of what the artwork will look like. Um, that's a process that we work out with our clients, which would be Bert Nash, and then all of our apprentice artists as well. So those are just kind of uh, placeholders. I'll stick to the uh, images and forgive me. I don't know if you said this. This is the east facing side <clears throat> of the building. Um, and as you pointed out, this is actually it, it's this image. I drove by just to take a look and this is a pretty big space. Um, and it's a beautiful space, but I will say it's a lot of blank concrete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, it's Size-wise, it's it's probably one of the larger murals we'll have created. I think uh, add up all the surfaces, and I think it, you know it's it's close to 800 square foot. Um, you know, most of those walls are probably between four and seven feet tall, but around that entire perimeter, it kind of adds up. This is Daniel B. Smith. Uh, I, I've had a chance to look through. Um, I feel like you have a lot of really good, uh, uh, you know, letters of uh, of approval from uh, some of the the neighborhood folks and and the other people who are in the area, which I think is something that has come up with these before. Um, that is important to us. I'm curious if anybody else has any uh, any other uh, members of the commission have any other questions or, or comments um, about this this proposal. Hi, I'm Denise. I think this is really well done and very thorough and I appreciate and I've enjoyed actually going through this application. So thank you for doing such a great job. 
Thank you. There's a lot of enthusiasm, as you can see, um, and a lot of support for this project. Um, we've had longstanding collaborations, not only with, with Burt Nash, but a lot of the organizations who voice their support. And so um, we're, we're, we're really excited. This is a really good opportunity for our youth. Yeah, thanks, Denise. We appreciate that. Um, you know, I think this is a pretty straightforward mural project for us. Um, there's not a lot of um, specific things to, to to negotiate. I think it's uh, pretty straightforward and um, don't anticipate this being much of an issue. We're actually really excited to be outdoors and painting with our youth, especially over the last couple of years where we've had to maintain a lot more uh, um, space negotiation and safety precautions, which we'll still yeah. continue to do, but <laughs> it'd be nice to paint outdoors. Mm -hmm. And I might like to add, this is Dina Amat. Um, I think we're all aware of this, but just to put on record, I think I would like to um, just recognize the long history of really excellent um, work, um, especially mural work that um, Van Gogh has, Van Gogh and the students have done in the past. So I just wanted to recognize that. And I support the uh, the um, application. I agree with with Dina Amon. That was really important to me. Like every time I drive around Lawrence and I see the Van Gogh murals, it sparks some happiness in me. And I think that relationship with art and mental health, particularly, is poignant. So I'm in support of this. All right. Well, if there's no other comments, uh, I will I will finish off by just saying that uh, for me, on a very personal level, my my office is is in that building, so I'm I'm excited to see this come to fruition. So um, I will go ahead and uh, ask if if there is a, a motion to proceed. I move that we proceed. Let me uh, let me clarify because I'll need that for the minutes. Um, so the motion would be um, to recommend approval to the city commission. Uh, Danielle B. Smith, yes, exactly, Porter. Thanks for for the clarification. So Denise, do you want to? Yes, I'm Denise, and I move that we recommend this mural to the city. Uh, and can I get a, a second for that motion? James, I'll second the motion. Thank you, James. All right, we'll go ahead and do a roll call vote, starting with myself, Daniel B. Smith. I will, I will uh, say aye in affirmation. Uh, Marciana. Marciana Vipas and I will say aye also. Rebecca. Rebecca Schlichting and I say aye. Marlo. Marlo Angel, aye. Denise. Denise Stone, I say aye. Mary. Mary Dovton, aye. James. James Alexander, aye. And Dina. Dina Ahmad, aye. All right, excellent. Thank you all. Uh, Kristen and Rick, it's always great to see you. Hopefully the City Commission takes our, our recommendation. <laughs> all right, well, um, thank you all so very much. We really appreciate the support of the Commission and the time it took for you to review our proposal. So we really appreciate um, getting to see all of you virtually. And thank you guys so much for your time and support.
Yeah, absolutely. Same uh, as Kristen would say. I, but I also might mention that uh, um, you all uh, grant us permission to create a mural this uh, this last year, which will be unveiled uh, just this coming uh, next week, February 19th, down at 9th and Maths. So hope you all can take a look. Great. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, DMV Smith, yeah, we will always, uh, we will, uh, at least at least one of us will, will try and be there for sure. We'll, we'll mark our calendars. So thank you for joining us and, and feel free. We're going to move on to um, the next item in, in our, our agenda. You're welcome to, to uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Great. All right. Thanks so much. All right, Porter, do we want to move on to the uh, the next item on, on the agenda? Absolutely. Bear with me. Let me pull this up. Um, Just so to catch everybody up, we're still um, experiencing COVID-related challenges to TGT funds, unfortunately. Um, so I wanted to bring up and just look at our schedule, mostly for your awareness. Um, and I've had some inquiries about the community arts grants. And um, we're obviously doing two other um, grant-funded programs this year, which is a little unique. So I really just wanted to run this by you. Um, the community arts grants traditionally would have been um, an early March deadline next month. Um, I'm working with the finance department. As you guys know, let me remind everybody. So transient guest tax funds are not available until the next quarter. So we're always looking one quarter behind, so to speak, which is um, presents a challenge in that we don't know. We know that the the uh, TGT collections are up and the revenues are up. Um, Explore Lawrence tracks that, so things are looking good. But the money does not end up in the fund, and for this particular fund, we cannot spend funds until the funds are available. It's an ongoing challenge, and we're still you know recovering from from COVID. So with that, I need to work with the finance department. We still will implement the community arts grants program, but I am going to have to delay it. So I just wanted you to be aware of that. And I don't know exactly when I would, I'm trying to keep it, you know, minimal so we can get that grant set up. Um, and then as the group knows, we're working on the National Endowments for the Arts. We received $150,000 um, NEA grant for, with American Rescue Plan funds um, to be regranted to the community. And that committee met and is working on um, setting up some sort of a application process and we've, um, Denise has done a great job of gathering uh, different nonprofits so we can really reach out um, as broadly as possible and make sure that it's as inclusive as possible. So that's very much in process and Marlo has been helpful in pointing us to some good um, 
samples that others are using for this so we don't have to invent new wheels necessarily. And then the Outdoor Downtown Sculpture Exhibition, we have the modified program, which is already underway. Um, we have two pieces out now, and then Dave Lowenstein is working on his pieces for um, some kind of storefronts down here. And then, of course, the Art and Culture Crossings program is also underway, and that's the grant that we received from the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission. Um, and we're targeting June for that opening, which I think we're on track for doing that. And then, of course, the Phoenix Awards, the good news with that is we don't have a set schedule, assuming that, that we want to go with that um selection of artists this year and then pause for next year and unfortunately i talked to finance and while we thought we could roll funds forward um, again because the funds were not in the fund uh, at the end of the year um, we can't roll those forward so unfortunately we, it looks like we are going to lose those TGT, well, not lose, we never had them. So we aren't going to be able to, to um, we were hoping to move the funds for the um, Community Arts Grants and the Phoenix Awards for, from 2021 to 2022, but we apparently cannot do that. Happy to answer questions. Mostly just wanted to bring this to your attention and your awareness so you understand what I'm trying to do as we are still getting through this pandemic. This is Mary. <laughs> so just to clarify, uh, Porter, that means we have $3,000 for artwork for the Phoenix Awards. Is that correct? Correct. And how much for the uh, the community grant program? $25,000 is budgeted. Okay, thank you. Yeah. This is Dina Amant. Oh, sorry. Oh, I, so I have a question. Sorry, Marla. Um, this is Dina Amant. So um, I guess I forgot that about the three-month delay, if I understand what you said, Porter. Is that sort of like on a on a rolling basis? So then the the quarter the quarter that just ended is the amount of TGT funds that come in in the quarter that just ended gets sort of rolled over, so to speak. And does that amount, so that amount changes by quarter, not annually? Did I understand that right? That's correct. So in a non-pandemic year. Uh, yeah the monies come in, the fund has monies in it um, and more than needed typically. And so that you have access to those funds from the previous quarter, if that makes sense. Okay. Unfortunately, with, because the um, hotels were so impacted by the pandemic, um, again, the great news is it's, it's, it's re it, it's, Explore Lawrence has explained that it's actually beating 2019 levels already. So okay. people are eager to get out. They are buying hotel rooms and, and paying that transient guest tax grant or tax. Wow, I'm having trouble talking. Um, let, me, let me get my tongue back. Uh, but as I said, so by the end of last year, those funds were completely spent. So there's nothing in the fund there. And then we will get funds, but again, that won't be paid until um, the end of the quarter. 
that makes sense? It's, it's, it's an odd fund. It's unlike all the other city funds. Um, and it's in large part because it's tied to the state. The state receives the transient gas tax money first and then redistributes it to the different cities um, after, you know, after the quarterly reporting. Thank you for that explanation. I think that makes sense. Thanks. Mm -hmm. So I will work with finance. I will, you know, work on a timeline. Basically, what I'm going to do is give them um, quarterly reports as to how much money we need and then figure out where we can fit that in and make sure the funds are available so that I, I would hate to initiate the community arts grants program and for whatever reason, not be able to fulfill that. So that's what I'm, I just want to get it set up so that we know we're good to go. And then we'll go ahead with that. The good news is we have the National Endowment for the Arts um, funds. So we can, you know, we can uh, certainly launch that as quickly as possible. So this is Mary. So should we be waiting um, on a search for a Phoenix artist? Given that we, one, it's not a lot of money, and two, that probably wouldn't be paid out for a while, I think if we wanted to start the search process for that, we could do that. Thank you. This is Marlo. I just wanted to take a moment to express my displeasure just in the structure of our TGT funding and how dependent we are on it. and. I always feel like it's this cart before the horse situation that we've caught ourselves in with them not having done these community arts grants and so on. And it really does trouble arts organizations. We don't have those kind of programmatic fundings. Like I know that NEA thing is great, but it's a recovery thing. It's not a programmatic fund. And so I think those things are so important to the culture of Lawrence. And so I'm just really disheartened that we've been in this boat. And I, I know it's positive that things are rebounding. People are trying to get out again. But you know, what happens when the next variant comes and we're shut down again. And so if there's anything we can do on the advocacy side to take our funding out of that unstable source of income, I would be so pleased with seeing that happen. So I just wanted to state that for the record. I also would love if there's a way just for transparency, because I get questions about the community arts grants timeline myself. Um, if there's a way to be transparent about it, like could we make some press release when we announce our NEA grant coming up and say, hey, you know, we're looking for fall for the community arts grants or just making some kind of generalized communication so that people know Phoenix Awards are coming up 2023 or, you know, just to have some some broadcasting of our upcoming programming, because I do feel bad if I get questions and I don't know, always know how to answer them. But having that sort of transparency with the community would be great. This is Mary. I would like to applaud Martha for her remarks about the funding as a very unstable source of funding and very um, frustrating and unsatisfying for those of us involved in any kind of arts finance or arts administration. And I'd also like to point out that Lawrence is the only community in the state of Kansas that handles TGT grant funds the way it does.
DMV Smith, uh, thank you all for those comments. I, I wanted to say, um, Porter, we, we had discussed uh, putting out a press release about the NEA grants, um, and I'm sure you'll, you'll um, make a note of, of that uh, suggestion that we include a timeline along with that. Um, I'm not sure what the progress in that has been like, but I think I, I will agree that that's a good idea. Um, and then, um, Porter, as far as uh, being able to um, you know, go and advocate for for a change to this. Is that is that is? Do you have any clarification on 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 where and how we we would best do that? Um, actually, that's kind of goes into the next uh, agenda item a little bit, so I can talk a little bit about that. I don't have specific details yet because we're transitioning with the strategic plan as well, um, but we can talk a little bit about that and. Um, I could find out more about how boards and commissions can make their recommendations for budgeting. Sure. Well, I mean, if that's going to be a, a perfect segue uh, into the next agenda item, um, we could we could uh, take steps to, to to move on. But before we do so, I just want to make sure. Does anybody else have any other thoughts they'd like to share about the uh, the 2022 program schedule? Uh, this is Porter Arneal, Director of Communications and Creative Resources. I do, Mary just made me think, um, is do we, I guess we need to think about the Phoenix Award Committee again with so many new faces and changes. Um, is that something for, or I, I don't know, or should that be handled by the Public Art Committee, which we probably need to talk about committees is kind of where I'm headed here. <laughs> Daniel Smith, yeah, I, I agree that talking about committees would be nice. I think I even brought up in the most recent committee meeting that we had that um, I wanted to leave uh, things open so that if some of our new members wanted to come into that committee, that we hadn't necessarily tied everything up with a bow. So I'm Porter, I'm not sure whether we should um, plan to discuss that during the orientation, or do you think it would be best just to to take a moment and talk about the existing committees and um, and po possible, possibly having the new members join those now. Under the circumstances, and because it's not a real formal process, it's really just who's interested in what area. It's probably a good idea to at least get some names written down at this point. We obviously have the grant group, so we know who that is. Um, but if there's anybody interested, I would say public art is one area that will keep coming up. And then the other one was um, the Phoenix Awards, both for the art selection and then for the uh, uh, award ceremony and program. DMV Smith, so I will go ahead and uh, open it up. Marciana or Rebecca, if either of you are interested in participating in these, in these committees, um, it doesn't have to be a permanent lasting commitment, but feel free to let us know if, if you're interested in, in taking part with us. Yeah, I mean, the public art one sounds pretty good. I would be interested in that. Um, this is Rebecca. And forgive me, I just realized I'm not sure if everybody's familiar, but the Phoenix Awards is a annual program where um, artists are nominated. Well, not just artists, but artists and, and people involved in the arts and culture realm in Lawrence are nominated for their work. 
And um, and then we the last award ceremony was at Theater Lawrence. It was really wonderful, actually. And we celebrated several people who have a remarkable legacy here in Lawrence of um, contributing to the art and culture scene here. So that's what this is. And for that, what we've done is we've taken our small budget and to maximize it, we select an artist in one year and then we use the same budget or the same amount for the following year for the actual award ceremony. Oh, this is Marciana Bequist. Um, so it's every other year that someone gets the award? Correct. Okay, so you t it takes a year. I, I would be interested in that committee. You can um, note that. Great. Yes, thank you. Uh, this is Rebecca, not share. Are there other committees we're not aware of? <laughs> Historically, we've had a few, but um, under the current circumstances, I don't know how necessary those committees are at this point. DMB Smith, so just to be clear, we have we have the three committees currently. Isn't that right, Porter? We have the Outdoor Art Committee, we have the, the Grant Committee, and then the, um, the, the Phoenix Committee. Those are the three. Um, do you want to give a, a quick overview of all three of those, Porter? Um, yeah, so we've spoken about the Phoenix Award. The Public Art Committee is is um, set up to handle any kind of public art circumstances. We have the Outdoor Downtown Sculpture Exhibition, which is a temporary public art program that we run annually. And then we have a newer program that was established through the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Grant called Art and Culture Crossings. Um, and I actually have a report on that um, from um, uh, Alicia and so that was funded through a grant with the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission, and that's already underway. And we've done a selection process and the artists are working on their artworks for that one. And then we also have the public art program, which at this point we don't have any projects slated. Um, but historically, that also involves a public art committee. And I know Denise and Daniel have served on um, panels for that process to select artwork for the city's um, public art collection. And did I miss one? Oh, and then the grant committee, I apologize. Um, we had the National Endowment for the Arts grant that we received. And so that's that committee is working on establishing how we can implement that program. This is Marlo. I think we also talked about putting the community arts grants in that subcommittee as well. Correct, yeah. Um, so if anybody has any questions, including uh, existing members about, about those committees, uh, I think everybody can feel free to reach out, um, you know, may, uh, may follow up uh, if you have any questions and the, the um, membership in those will, will remain open to you, um, if you if you want to think about it for a little bit. Um, but if not, I think we might want to move ahead to the next item on the agenda, which is Porter uh, hinted at earlier has to do with some of the satisfaction that, that this group has about um, funding and other things. So Porter, do you want to introduce the uh, 
introduce the next topic. Yeah, this is actually related to the community and the strategic plan, which is probably timely. So bear with me one second. Let me. Uh... Why is this not showing up? Here we go. Okay, so just as a reminder, the city is embarking on a new strategic plan. The web page is here. It's lawrenceks.org uh, forward slash strategic dash plan. All the information is here on this page. <clears throat> Um, there's actually, this is a clickable link that goes to the printed brochure PDF version. Um, background is that in July, 2021, the city of Lawrence published an overview of the Lawrence strategic plan. The overview includes progress indicators and strategies for the five outcome areas identified in the strategic strategic plan framework. Uh, and obviously more information is here. And so there's background information, and I know several people here have been involved in this. It includes the city's mission. We create a community where all enjoy life and feel at home. The vision of the city, the city of Lawrence, supporting an unmistakably vibrant community with innovative, equitable, transparent, and responsible local government. And the organizational values are character, competence, courage, collaboration, and commitment. And so we have five outcome areas. Um, unmistakable identity, which I know that several of you have been involved in those conversations, and that is falling primarily on what's currently parks and recreation. Uh, we have strong welcoming neighborhoods, which goes under planning and development services, safe and secure, which is related to um, fire and police primarily, and prosperity and economic security. Um, one aspect of that is that our um, uh, Britt Cromkano is our economic development specialist here at the city. She's working on an economic development strategic plan, um, which some people have been involved with here. And then Connected City really leans into our infrastructure, um, the city's infrastructure and the municipal services and operations um, department. So these are the five primary outcome areas. These are all supported by six commitment areas, uh, community engagement, efficient and effective processes, equity and inclusion, sound fiscal stewardship, engaged and empowered teams, and environmental sustainability. Um, so these are all the different commitment areas that work alongside the outcome areas to make sure that we're implementing the strategic plan um, in the best possible way. This is a very quick overview, but uh, please feel free to go into the website and you can take a look at this. And I'm always happy to answer questions. What I want to get to is this area. So we have progress indica indicators um, that are being developed for this as well. And that those are the measurements that we'll use to determine if we are actually doing what we have set out to do. Um, and what we talk a lot about here is moving the needle. So are we actually implementing the things that we want to do? And this is partially to keep us on track to say these are the things that we've identified um, are what we want to move forward with. And then we have ways to measure those things as we go forward. So this is all um, 
information here. The reason I tell you all of this is because something we're doing, we do this every couple of years typically, is a, um, hang on, community satisfaction survey. And this is at this website, which is lawrenceks.org forward slash CMO forward slash community survey. This gives you background. We work with a company called the ETC Institute um, to help us do this. This is um, survey results from 2019 are here, including GIS mapping reports. And then there's a city commission presentation from March 3rd, 2020. And then we have three other surveys, uh, historic surveys the city has done. And so um, I just wanna bring this to your attention so we are now working on the 2022 version of the survey. That survey will look a lot like the 2019 survey because those are benchmarks um, that we want to work on, but we are adding questions related to the strategic plan. So where there are specific measures, for instance, related to unmistakable identity, we're making sure those are included in this updated strategic plan. Um, and so, I just want to make sure you all are aware of this. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer questions. Um, we're reviewing this now with the outcome teams. And actually, I think Mary was involved and Marlo, I don't know if you're involved with unmistakable identity, but um, Derek Rogers, the director of Parks and Recreation, sent this out to that team to take a look at it. And um, thanks to Steve Nowak at, Novak at the um, Watkins Museum, I've been working with him to make sure that we get these questions updated. And also he asked to, um, and actually Mary was helping with this too, to make sure we articulate the questions in a way that's really beneficial to get the information we're trying to get back. Um, let me get, this is probably a quick visual way of showing you what. So this is the city of 2019 community survey um, done in GIS maps. So this shows a key aspect to this survey is it is it's um, done by this company. It's actually mailed out and there are options to do an online version. The key to it is that it's all designed to be statistically viable information. So as you can see here, what they do is they send out these surveys, making sure that they cover the whole city. Um, for 2022, we're actually doing an oversampling process to make sure we get to um, typically marginalized community members, BIPOC and um, other uh, ethnicities and races and make sure we get to those people. We're also gonna have paper surveys and people going out into the community to make sure we reach out to folks who may be experiencing homelessness and get some feedback from them as well. So we're really trying to uh, make sure that this fill, fulfills all the requirements of our commitment areas as well and being equitable and that sort of thing. And so this shows that. And then these are the general topic areas. What are the overall quality of police services? These are some of our benchmark questions. And so this is evidenced here, fire and medical um, services, and it goes on down. I won't go through all of these, but basically, you know, what is the satisfaction of people? Um, how do they feel about the community and that type of thing? So I just want you to be aware of this. I encourage anybody who's interested to uh, go ahead and you know visit that website. I'm happy to share it again and take a look at that. And if you have any questions, we just wanna make sure people understand what we're doing 
And I think with you all, um, you know, being involved in the arts and culture realm, it's important that you're aware that this is something the city is doing. This is information that really becomes helpful in making sure we are fulfilling our strategic plan goals and uh, moving forward in the right direction. So I just really wanted to give you that overview and Daniel to your question um, related to budget. Ultimately, this all, all those performance indicators tie back to the budget. So these are the things that the city will fund um, as identified in the strategic plan, if that makes sense. This is Marlo. Is there a question on there pertaining to arts and culture? Like, is there something that we could make sure we're getting this out to as many folks that we know with all of us, that's a pretty great pool um, and have some kind of, you know, mobilization. Hey guys, fill out the survey because the city really takes this under consideration when doing budgeting. Actually remember, this isn't a random survey. This is actually mailed specifically to, so it's it's not something that is is just handed out to people. It's very carefully designed to make sure it's statistically viable going to uh, various households throughout the community. Um, so, and there are art and culture related um, survey questions. Uh, I can send back out Derek's email that um, he sent to the Unmistakable Identity Group. Mary saw that and she was working on that with Steve. Um, so we are hitting those questions, absolutely. But it's not, it's something that goes out to people. It's not something that we would send a link to somebody and say, hey, correct. Gotcha. Okay. Correct. I was remembering, I thought in maybe 2019, pre pandemic, there was some great mobilization efforts. Like people came to the round table and did something. I think they even came to the art center staff and did some kind of survey collection. And I don't recall if it was the satisfaction one or if it was the economic prosperity survey, but I felt like there was a lot of, I felt like my input was asked several times, which I had not had that experience in the past. So I thought that was pretty positive. That, yeah, that was likely the economic, um, let's see, Art art in America, Economic Prosperity um, okay. Survey. That may have been the one that we were doing. That's the Art Commission did that as well. And we were at a lot of events and things with clipboards and things. It was the city because it was like, they asked questions about police and safety and all that oh. kind of stuff too. Yeah. Remember it, like it wasn't arts particular, but there was an arts question or two in there, but they wanted to reach out different groups. So they set up these meetings. And I remember one of them was at the round table. And I think one of them was at the art center staff as well. Wasn't it when they were doing the strategic plan quarter? Oh, that would make more sense. I think that was probably it. Um, yeah. These questions are a, a little more generic. They're things like, um, uh, oh, I can't phrase it directly, but um, you agree or disagree, my culture is represented in Lawrence. I feel comfortable in Lawrence. It's that kind of stuff. Here's the, this is from the web page. This is the two nine, 2019 reporting. And to Mary's point, the actual survey is in here. Um, these are some of the, the uh, benchmark categories showing the different changes in the uh, data, but let me go all the way down. Here's the. This is all. the one where we got all the attention because arts and culture scored so high. That was actually the economic development strategic plan. So that was different. Hang on. This is a long document. 
these are all the general reporting of data. Um, I know that the actual goodness, sorry. Here we go. So this is what people see. They get a letter and then they see this. So City of Lawrence Community Survey. Um, can you all see some of the questions here? And most of these questions will remain in this survey, as I said, as benchmark questions. And then we're adding some that specifically relate to the uh, strategic plan. So there's questions like this, how safe do you feel in downtown Lawrence during the day or after dark? What types of um, retail and entertainment establishments? Are, are you satisfied with the types of retail and entertainment establishments available? Um, how satisfied are you with various things? Place to live, place to work, raise children, retire, place where I feel welcome. And again, you all can see this and go through it. So if you do do through this, and we actually have questions about um, specialized populations, scale of one to 10, whereas five is excellent and one is very poor. How well do you think the city of Lawrence currently serves the following specialized populations in the city? So that is this area. And again, we're increasing that to make sure that we reach out to people um, that might not typically participate in a survey like this. Questions about police services, perceptions of safety, fire and emergency medical, parks and recreation, which will tie into unmistakable identity as well. Does that help? So really there's nothing on there that's arts and culture specific. It's more retail, entertainment, or I think there was something about downtown events. But that was kind of it. There's a lot more. There's several more pages. I'm trying to find hard. It's difficult to do this on a giant screen. Marlo, a lot of it is stuff that gets tied back to um, responsibilities of city staff. So it's a little. Um, So less about like, yeah, because that's what I was trying to get at. Like, is this a document that would help our funding or not, you know, for the arts? It sounds like this would not, you know, doesn't really pertain. It's more, yeah, satisfaction with city services. Right. This will this will contribute to that conversation, but it's not specifically geared for the budget process. Um, but this is how we're beginning to transition things more toward those performance indicators related to the strategic plan, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, B. Smith, um, Porter, thank you for introducing us to, to this survey. Um, if nobody else has any other questions or comments about it, I think we can move on to the old business section of our agenda. 
Um, and yeah, seeing or in hearing no, no comment. Um, it looks like we only have a couple things under old business. The first of which is an update on art, art culture crossing. And I don't see Alicia Kelly here. So I, I assume Porter, you're gonna update us on, on the status of that. Yes, Porter Arneal, Director of Communications and Creative Resources. And unfortunately, Alicia couldn't um, get out of her work commitment tonight. So she sent me a nice email just with a quick update. And um, so at this point, there are four projects that are chosen for art and culture crossings. And she's been in communication with each um, artist and they are moving forward. Um, and we are working on the contract side of that. We have to uh, retailer a contract from our out outdoor downtown sculpture exhibition. So we're working on that process as well. Uh, Fali Afani is working on a family friendly event that marries music and drag performance and a photography exhibition. Kaylee Dino, and forgive me, I'm probably butchering names. Um, she, I believe it's a she has a mobile recycled art cart um, that's connected with Van Gogh, the Lawrence Art Center. KU will provide some supplies, I think. It's made as an interactive event and they plan to have three um, scheduled events at some point downtown, probably in May and June as well, uh, maybe on the final Fridays. And Jeremy Osborne um, is looking for an empty storefront hybrid video art projection, um, working with partner Misty and celebrates Lawrence, Kansas artists over the past 100 years, covering three to five artists. And Dan Bourne is, um, I'm gonna read this, Expand Bang, I believe is the title. Um, a William Burroughs monologue performance, two to four performances on mass, um, maybe Theater Lawrence. I don't know if anybody's, I think Alicia has been trying to reach out to somebody at Theater Lawrence, Mary. Not that we've heard. <laughs> All right, let me check on that. Um, and then she's working with Sally Zagrai and they've been looking on mass to scope out empty potential storefront locations for use. Um, they're currently organizing information, taking photos of each location for quick reference, and then plan on contacting businesses, having lo locations secured in March. Um, working on connecting with Theater Lawrence about Dan Bourne's performances. And um, she's meeting with the artists at the end of February to secure logistics and details on what they're needing from, um, from the program for their support. So that's a quick overview from Alicia. She hopes to be able to attend next month and give her own um, update on that program. Daniel B. Smith, thank you, Porter, for that update. Does anybody have any questions um, about the, this, this uh, project as it's moving forward? It does not appear so. I'm, I'm personally glad to hear it's going well. Um, I, I have faith in Alicia's ability to, to do a really great job with this. Um, so with that, we can move on to uh, our committee updates, um, starting with the, uh, the grant committee, I believe. Um, and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Denise, I think, I, I can't remember which one of us was gonna report out from, from that committee. Was it me, was it you? I, I can't recall. I don't recall, but I can report on what I've done so far, if that's helpful. Denise. Hi, I'm Denise. Yep, yep, that'd be great. Thank you, Denise. Okay. I'm Denise, and I, this past week, worked on the policies 
um, that would oversee the regranting process. I have worked some on creating a fillable application. I've been unsuccessful in doing that. I've, for some reason, my Word program is not doing the job. I spent several, I've looked at several YouTube videos to see how I could do that using Word, but I've, I've been unsuccessful. I'm not opposed to continuing the work on this. I'm sure I'll find a solution, but I'm hoping that I can find a more, a quicker and speedier way of doing this. Hey, so, Smith, sorry, sorry, just quickly interject here, Denise. I, I would be happy to, as part of the, our, our subcommittee, I'd be happy to help you with that. And I think I, I have some tricks I could employ that would, that would make it uh, easier. Wait, okay. Um, I will also say that uh, as far as that subcommittee is concerned, uh, Daniel B. Smith here, just that we, um, I, I have looked at some uh, of the uh, other recipients uh, of the NEA grants in comparable size com uh, communities, looking to see sort of what approach they're taking. And the only uh, example I can find is, is one community that is um, recommending or, or, or uh, uh, promising to uh, dole out those uh, subgrants in amounts, I think it's 500 to 1500 is, is what they have. So that gives us sort of a, a, a frame of reference that we can use going forward. So I don't know if anybody who's not on the committee has any questions or um, if anybody else wants to add anything um, about the, those committee proceedings. This is Mary, did I hear you right? They're doling them out in $500 to $1,500 grants. Is that what you just said? Yeah, Danby Smith, yeah, the only um, example I could find of a community that had already stated the um, the, the specific uh, amounts that, that they were re um, accepting requests in, it was 500 to, did I say, to 500 to 15,000 is what I intended to, to say there. Thank you for- Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and for clarity, make sure everybody understands these grants um, as prescribed by the NEA have to go to nonprofit arts and culture organizations. This is Mary, and we have $150,000. Debbie Smith, yes, that is that is correct, $150. So this is Mary again. I would assume that our threshold of application would be higher than $15,000 then. Uh, we haven't yeah. done, yeah, we haven't done the math yet, but we do have a list of organizations um, that we can certainly distribute the application to. DOE Smith, yeah, that 500 to 15,000 range was just the only example I could find. I wanted to see if I could find some other communities so that we could basically copy their homework and not, not you know, have to invent the wheel ourselves. And that was just the only example I could find out of all of the this, the similar sized communities that had also received um, 150,000. So yeah, we, we are not, we are by no means beholden to their example.
Um, so are there any other questions or comments? Uh, if if not, um, not hearing any or not seeing any, I will. Uh, Mr. Chair, sorry, I just want to interject. On the, this is Porter O'Neill again. And on the agenda, I just want to point out that there's a, um, I put a video link. The NEA on, on January 28th conducted a, um, uh, you well a, a zoom meeting basically for anybody interested in the nea grant and um i have that link on our agenda if anybody wants to go and take a look at that that they actually spent i think about 90 minutes talking about the grant uh program and stuff i found some of it very helpful so i just wanted to share that with people make sure you all were aware that that was there if anybody has questions about the grant program hi this is denise um i've listened to that video and it's really helpful. There are some criteria that I think are going to be challenging to meet in terms of seeking soliciting applications and the answers were really helpful. I think it's about an hour long, so it does require some commitment in um, watching it. This is Marlo. I would volunteer to watch it and take some notes. If there's people that time, you know, time is always an issue. So I'd be happy to jot down some bullet points from it and disseminate those to save someone an hour and a half of a webinar from the government. Just can be brutal. This is Mary. That would be lovely, Marlo. Happy to. All right, great, uh, Daniel B. Smith. Thank, thank you, Marlo, for, for, for that that generous offer. Um, and with that, I, I think we will move to the next uh, committee update. It looks like we have pub the public art committee is is what we have listed here next. Is that correct, Porter? Yes, Porter Arneal again, and I I put this under public art committee. Um, lat not this past week, but the week before. Commissioner Amber Sellers asked to revisit the um, resolution 7070, which is the public art resolution. So I'm working on putting information together about the history of that and um, what that entails and how that's um, how that's implemented. I wanted to make sure you all are aware of that. And I wanted to ask if anybody wants to participate in um, helping me assemble a report for the city commission will I think will be on March 8th if I remember correctly is what we're slated for to provide you know background information on the program background information on the resolution how it works the resolution itself is currently tied to capital improvement funds and so there's limitations as to how that money can be spent um, but I think what they're looking for is to just take a look at that, understand it and look at, you know, how would we want to move forward with this? And of course, the, the standard question these days is how does this tie back to the strategic plan and what are the goals of the strategic plan? So I think it's a good thing always to, you know, review policies and things and look at that. Um, and of course, there's also, you know, the potential for significant change. So I just want people to be aware of that too. And I, as, as the purveyors of this um, program, I just want to make sure you're all aware of that and just wanted to see if there's anybody that'd be interested in um, maybe spending a little time as I develop this and, and helping me think it through from uh, an outside perspective.
Daniel B. Smith. Porter, uh, I will say that I'd be happy to to help collaborate on that with you a little bit if nobody else uh, feels like they have the time or or, or energy to do so. Um, so if, if anybody else is interested in taking part, feel free to speak up. Otherwise, um, Porter, I would be happy to, to help you out with that process. Great, thank you. Uh, Danby Smith again. I, I am curious if anybody else has any questions or or concerns about um, about this this review process, though. And forgive me, I'm just realizing that not everybody may be fully familiar with this. So let me do a quick screen share. So a lot of people presume that we have a public art requirement, and we actually don't. It's a resolution. Um, and this is the third version of this resolution. The first one I think was um, in 1986. So this resolution has been updated um, three times. Basically says the same thing in each case. It just sort of reaffirms it. Um, the key to this, let me find it, is the section one policy right here. And let me expand this for you. So currently it says the Lawrence, Kansas City Commission may annually set aside through bond or other normal budgetary procedures an amount not to exceed 2% of the cost of all capital improvements construction, constructed, acquired, or contracted for construction acquisition during the previous fiscal year for the acquisition, purchase, and installation of art in public places. Um, the key word here really is may. So it is not a requirement. Um, it's something that typically the city manager makes a recommendation in, in their budget. And then um, if the commission agrees, they vote in favor of it as part of the overall budget. That's how we've done the public art headquarters or the public art, the police headquarters, public art project, the project that we did at the fire station uh, more recently, the artwork at the library was part of this program as well. This is not typical. A lot of cities have ordinances which require a set amount and take the funds from the project. So this is um, funds separate from the project funds, whereas a, a ordinance requires that the project um, use some of its money, typically one or 2% to actually include art in that project. So there's different, different approaches to this. Um, and then it goes through the definitions of, of what this is all about and the procedures. And I don't know if anybody here has seen this because of COVID, but typically I bring a presentation of the um, anticipated capital improvement projects and then review those with the, the board and show where those public art opportunities may exist. So just so you have an understanding where this is, and again, this is linked on that agenda if anybody wants to take a look at that. So, um, and as I go through it, I think um, I will look at, making various suggestions as to how other cities are doing this um, just so that the city commission has that awareness and understanding that there's you know numerous ways to approach this the other thing i'll share is as i've been going through this initially a lot of cities would um, embark on a public art master plan which would be a great way to go in, do community engagement, really take a look at the overarching program. What does the city want to do and how does it want to fund that program? So that's a great way to take a big step back, um, probably engage a firm to come in and actually do that work with the city um, to determine the best way to move forward. And that way, 
the resolution or whatever policy comes after that master plan process ties exactly back to the master plan and what the city wants to, to do um, as related to public art. This is Mary. I, I think maybe some of this might tie into some of what you're interested in, Marlo. Um, I believe this kind of came to the public's attention and correct me if I'm wrong, Porter, um, during the discussion of the art for the, uh, the new police station. And there was a very interesting article, uh, an interesting editorial that was written at that time that talked about maybe expanding some of those monies and maybe not using them specifically for visual art pieces connected with public facilities, but maybe broadening the use of those funds. And I know that some other communities, I had a call just in the last couple of weeks from one of the suburbs of Kansas City um, about some other funding. And they were telling me that in their community, uh, each the, the arts, the person in charge of arts for that community was given a budget that was assessed on, the, on both the number of individuals in the community and also on the, um, the number of, of uh, public uh, capital projects that were taking place. And some of those monies went into like a, a an arts um, budget that supported programming. And then the, um, the money from the capital programs, the building programs went to support actual public um, visual arts pieces. So, so it was an interesting combination. So I think that an exploration of this um, Resolution is is very interesting. I would I would love to volunteer to help Porter, but I'm afraid I'm a little overcommitted right now. If you would send me that information, that would be very helpful because um, I can reach out and learn more about that. Currently, the way this is um, set up, this is leaning into bond and capital improvement funds, which can only be used for very specific purposes related to construction. So I would be very curious to learn what sort of funds they are tapping um, for programmatic efforts and that type of thing. Cause that's, that's where it tends to get a little tricky as to um, how do you fund different things um, according to the rules of those funds, if you will. Okay. Yeah, so that'd be great, thanks. <laughs> or just tell me who you spoke with and I can reach out. I'd be happy to reach out to them. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and honestly, if, if anybody else has any um, insight in other, you know, programs along those lines or other funding mechanisms, uh, please let me know. This is Dina Ahmad. So uh, I'm sorry, I'm so naive in this area. Um, so I, I was always under the impression that that was a um, requirement and not a, a an option. So am I confusing um, maybe a city, city ordinance with a state um, 
uh, law? Like, is there is there no mechanism for a percent for art um, program that's actually a, a requirement? Is it all basically uh, may provide? Is it all basically optional? At this point, yeah. yeah. So there's no there's no state or it's just basically all optional. I I'm sorry for being so naive about this, but I, I was always under the impression that that was a requirement with with construction um, that there was a percent for art um, that was required. Not Got it. Okay. Well, I would do everything I can to, um, I'm also a little overcommitted at this point too, but I would do everything I can to, um, to, uh, to help change that. Porter, can you give us a timeline for this? I can't recall when, when this process, like when the next step would be. Uh, March 8th is when we're hoping to bring this to the city commission during a study session. And, and again, this would be informational. I don't know that they would take any action at that point. They might give staff direction at that point. So, and Dina, uh, you know, I can tell you that the city of Kansas city, Missouri does have a public art ordinance requirement. Um, and that's why the city has uh, a variety of, you know, pretty remarkable public art collections. So that's a more common approach, particularly for larger cities. It's a little trickier for smaller cities. Um, so the existing resolution is is a good thing, but yes, it doesn't have the um, the teeth that a, an ordinance would have for a program like this. Dina Abanch again. Um, and thank you for that. And maybe I'm thinking of other cities that I've lived in and just thought that it transferred to Lawrence. Um, and one other um, one other clarification, Porter, um, uh, is the question coming from the city commission um, based on maybe an examination of the city budget or um, just a clarification of new city commissioners trying to get up to speed. Um, do you have an idea of what the um, uh, background is there? I don't know if you're um, Amber brought it up and then uh, Lisa Larson and um, I think it was um, uh, Commissioner Littlejohn also, you know, just were supportive and yes, let's take a look at this and learn more. I do think it does relate somewhat to what Mary was talking about is that, and I've seen this happen before with different challenges, like with people experiencing homelessness and that type of thing. When one reports that there's $340,000 spent on a public artwork, um, people immediately say, why are we wasting money on that when we could be using it for this, which is understandable, although the city is also spending a lot of other dollars in other areas too. Somehow art always sort of gets the the spotlight. Um, this happened to me in, in all the other cities I've worked in. And so it's a natural response, I get that, but um, it's just not that simple. And I think though that there is interest in, could there, you know, to Mary's point, could funds be 
um, set, you know, set up in such a way that it would be beneficial in a different way for the city. I think that's an interesting conversation. Thank you, Porter. So if there's no other comments, um, uh, again, if, if anybody else, I understand that people are, have a lot on their plate, um, but if, if nobody else ha has the time to, to be a part of the process, I'd be happy to, to serve in that role and and try and accurately convey to the city commission how important uh, the arts are. Um, so uh, time is, uh, is, is marching along. Uh, thank you all for hanging in there with us. Um, there's only a few things left on the, on the agenda. Um, Porter, it looks like up next, we're gonna be talking about the, the transit facility in relation to public art. Is that, is that merely me updating the group on, on how that's going? Okay, well, I, I can do that pretty quickly. So, uh, you know, I've been working um, with a, a group of other individuals to select an artist to create uh, artwork for the new transit facility. Uh, and that process has been really positive. Everybody who has been uh, a part of that has been doing a really great job. Um, there hasn't been too much motion uh, as there hasn't been too much uh, new development. Um, we are waiting uh, while the uh, four, I believe it's four, it's either three or four uh, remaining artists uh, put together an actual presentation um, and then they will be presenting. And so we have some pre presentations which will be occurring this next Friday. Um, and that is all uh, so that we can, you know, further review those potential artists and select an artist who will, who will create some fantastic artwork. Um, Porter, do you, do you recall, I guess maybe you don't, you don't know, but um, it's three or four individuals who are left and I think we'll, um, all of them are, are really fantastic. And so uh, whoever we end up going with, I'm pretty confident we're gonna end up with some, some really neat and uh, hopefully really sort of, a, uh, what I like to think of it is um, artwork that, you know, people are gonna, are gonna really grow to love and will be something that the whole city can see as like a, a real sign of, of, of our community. Um, so yeah, if anybody has any questions about that, feel free to let me know now. I'm not, not seeing anybody and it is almost nine. So I think um, we can move ahead. Uh, Porter, I see on the agenda that you have um, some uh, some stuff you wanna bring up just in the, the miscellany section there at the end. Oh gosh, goodness gracious. I don't have that on my written one. Yes, thank you. I did wanna bring that up. Um, I just want to quickly ask the commission. So I was approached by the owner of Fast Signs, which they have a, a building up on 6th Street, um, kind of across from the, um, oh goodness, what's that? Dollar General store. And they want to put uh, what they called a mural on the side of the building. I don't know if you've seen, but some cities have been putting up like butterfly wings or angel wings, and then people can do a photo op in front of that. So they love the idea. They wanted to do something along those lines. He reached out to me asking about, you know, does he need a sign permit? Does he need a mural permit? That kind of thing. As we got talking about it, he told me that they don't plan to paint this on the wall, but because they're a sign fabrication company, they can actually create a vinyl uh, version that would adhere to the wall. And their plan is to change it out every few months, maybe quarterly. Um, I just wanted to get your read real quickly. Does that constitute a mural 
um, in our interpretation, or is that really more of sort of a temporary public art display? Um, so I wanted to get your feedback real quickly on that because this is an interesting puzzle. Um, I looked at our policy and it doesn't really speak to this. Um, you know, mostly it's about painting things on walls or painting something on a, a board like Van Gogh is doing to put on the back of U.S. Bank. So um, just wanted to get your thoughts. This is Rebecca. Um, I think it's cool. Are you talking about across the uh, across Sixth Street? Is that what you're talking about? Okay. Yeah, it's and they have an east facing wall over their parking lot. It's kind of a box building, and then there's an east wall that they are up on a hill. So this would be pretty visible as you're driving up the hill on Sixth Street, um, and then obviously people coming to their um, their building would be able to come and get photo ops with this. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking there's not a lot of traffic, but I like the idea of being able to change it every so often, kind of like that, um, you know, down on Mississippi, I think it is, there's that garage that they paint every every so often, and people love taking pictures in front of it. I, I don't know. I think it's cool. Andy Smith, yeah, it, it, I'm, it's, it's very nice of them to even even come and ask us because I, I don't really know um, if, I don't know if that does fall under uh, sort of the definition. I think, honestly, it's going to end up being one of those gray area things where, you know, what is, um, what what makes a vinyl, uh, you know, stick, sticker which is attached to a wall, you know, obviously that's not permanent, but, you know, is, is painting a wall, you know, truly permanent or, um, you know, I think we could end up discussing that forever. So I'm not, I'm not sure um, what the, you know, if we have something written down that defines what, what a mural is. And if not, maybe that should be something that the, the public art uh, subcommittee could put their heads together and come up with like a really solid expansive definition of, of what, what falls within the boundaries and, and what doesn't. This is Mary. I think it sounds like a cool idea and they should just go ahead and do it and not get bogged down in the paperwork. This is Marlo. I and echo this sentiment. Um, there's no policy that I know of that states that individuals have to always apply for mural. I've been driving on 9th Street going east. There is an antique shop and on the west side of that building, as you're going by, and this is on the north side of the 9th Street, it's right after, or oh, I can't remember, you know, it's around Main Street or right after Main Street, and you're driving along, and there's this really cool mural by Louis Cott of a barn. And it's there's a blue background, or maybe the building is blue, I don't recall. But if you drive, east on 9th street you can see and it's really cool and i know we did not get an application for that painting so it could be something that we might visit in terms of does everybody have to apply because i've seen other types of art you know uh, for example going west on 23rd Street, right after the intersection of Massachusetts Street, on um, the there is a yard with um, 
Let's see. It's on the right-hand side, right as you go through that intersection. Looking north, there was something that was looked kind of like a mural right after the time of the African-American in Minneapolis. I forget, George Floyd. It was a George Floyd. You, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was applied on either a fence or I think there was like a barn or something that it was painted on. Nobody ever applied to us for that. Yeah, so maybe we do need to think about it. Yeah, Danielle Smith. Um, I know you're talking about Denise. It is on a it's on a, a fence, which is I, I believe somebody's uh, private property. So yeah, Porter, can can you clarify as far as individuals if they wanted to, you know, paint a fence on you know on in their yard or things like that? Those things generally fall outside our purview, correct? Yeah, I think there are a few that probably should have come for review. Um, but we're not really in a position to police that and enforce it necessarily. I think that's more of an after the fact kind of situation where if there was a problem, let's say somebody painted an inappropriate image on a public facing wall that might cause problems and we could say, okay, there is a mural policy and this does need review. Um, but to your point, I think it's I think it's a, an interesting, you know, again, going back to the strategic plan and the fact that there's this sudden interest in murals, which is wonderful. Um, maybe it's worth looking at that policy and saying, is this really the right policy for the city? It was for years tied with the sign code, which is a lot more stringent because then people are putting out, you know, print and marketing information and that type of thing. But the sign code is now separated from that. So um, I appreciate the feedback on the temporary project, which I'm hearing probably doesn't require mural review based on our current policy. Um, and that maybe there is a point in the near future to go back and review that policy and just um, consider options. So this is good. Thanks. This is Dina Amon. I'm just to add a couple other points. Um, uh, I, I also noted the artwork that Denise mentioned. Um, uh, which I think would qualify as a mural, but um, but as Porter said, if there's no complaints about it, it doesn't seem like a big deal that we didn't review it. Um, but on the case of the sign company, it sounds like that's going to be a lot more, my first blush on this anyway, is that it sounds like it's going to be more of a temporary and more of a commercial type of installation without knowing more details, but that's what it sounds like rather than um, rather than an, maybe a, an original artwork. So um, so I think I agree with what Mary said, just put it up and, you know, um, and let them let them do it. It doesn't sound like it would qualify as um, as a mural that would have to go before the Cultural Arts Commission from what we know so far, in my opinion. All right, Dean B. Smith, um, it doesn't appear that anybody has any objections to letting them have uh, their, their, uh, their cool temporary installation. Um, I do think that we should make a note of this sort of gray area and um, look into it. Uh, at a, a different on a different on a different day when it's maybe not so late. Um, so if anybody if nobody else has any other comments, I think we can move towards adjournment.
I move, hi, this is Denise Stone. I move to adjourn for the evening. All right, great. Uh, can I get a second? I'll second the motion. All right. Oh, I, think, I think this one you can do by a show of hands. Um, okay, great. I'm gonna. I have a couple of things that I'd like to throw out. Just thank you all for bearing with me. This is my first time as as the chair, so uh, thank you for your patience. Thank you to our new members for jumping in. Uh, I hope hopefully you feel like um, you can kind of figure out what's going on uh, once we get the orientation process. I think you'll be much more up to speed. Thank you, Porter, of course. And then yeah, let's get a, a show of hands here to see who who um, is okay adjourning for the evening. Excellent. Right. Let the record show that everybody agrees it's time to go home. Thank you all.